0: welcome to the football index podcast this is episode 72 and today i'm joined by fpl addict and judging by the questions i think people assume that he's only an fpl fan but i can assure you guys that i've met him at a football index trader meet and he is just as much a football index fanatic as he is a F- uh, fpl one so chris why don't you uh, introduce yourself mate
1: yeah hi thanks for the uh, intro and thanks for having us on yeah definitely um go with that. I mean, obviously before I played uh, or played uh, went into um Football Index, I would have been a, a firm obsessive of FPL. Um but I would say that obviously um FI does kind of grip you and uh, draw you in in many different ways than um than than FPL does. Um obviously at the end of the day money talks and um it does, you know, it is about making money, but it's also enjoyable, but I think it, the thing with um, FI, it kind of, you have to learn lots of different things um, outside of just football, which is um, a kind of interesting factor. You know, you've got the trading, you've got the psychology, you've got the market, you've got the betting side of things, obviously, um, and then you've got you know all the five different leagues with um, thousands of players. Uh, FI, so so yeah, definitely an FI um, addict, I would say.
0: Time to change that handle.
1: Uh, uh, it's a difficult one because obviously I do um, like a as a I was taught West Ham so I do this um, little bit of writing for one um, an FPL podcast but just you know they have like a fan sort of um, thing between the different teams so a so look i'll have to put i'll have to get fi in there definitely but i don't know if i can <laughs> get rid of the fpl because i've got obviously quite a few followers on there from the <laughs> fpl stuff so it's a bit, bit of a bit of a there's a bit of a conflict of
0: interest i must admit <laughs> fair enough fair enough but let's start by talking about your football index journey when did you start how did you start where did you find it all that jazz
1: um well funny enough i heard about it um because i know you know the, the who got, got the assist boys um I heard it on one of their pods they mentioned it um and I had a little look and that was probably back in 2017 and I thought oh I don't know about that I'm not sure about that or you know didn't really look at it that closely if I'm honest I just sort of saw it and thought oh no I'll leave that alone um and then uh when was it I think about August just before the season started doing you know doing all the fantasy football stuff and and someone in work, they're, they're more of a better, but they do a lot of accumulators. They they do quite a bit of money and, they you know, they win some, they lose some, but they do a lot more money than I ever would on, on betting on an accumulator each week. Um, and they started doing it. And I thought, oh, well, i started looking at it, I think, a bit more. Um, and I had the £500 offer. So I thought, you know what, I'll um, I'll put that in, do, it, do that for a week, see how it goes. And, you know, if, if I don't like it, then, you know, I'll just take my money back, like the risk-free offer. Um and that was it, really. There was kind of no looking back. So, kind of got me drawn in. Obviously, I found your um podcast, so I started learning a lot about the, um you know, the products as much as anything. And I think that's what kind of drew me to it. As now it was a good time. um I think everyone has that that kind of thing. It's they've I've either missed the boat or or now's a good time sort of mentality when they come <laughs> to join it. um But I suppose there is because there is you know is that there's always opportunity, and I think that's what I. I've slowly learned as time's gone on. There's always another opportunity. There's always something happening, um, and it, yeah, it just draws draws you in. And I think learning about the actual product in terms of there's so much expansion to go. It's it's uh, it's I suppose it's coming. I'm coming in at a bit a little bit of a risk, um, less risk than maybe some of the early early adopters because the products got some. Um, it's been established a while. Um, there's a little bit of trust. There's a little bit more information out there. Um, and you know obviously yourself doing a, a good job with the uh, education side of things I think and raising the raising the awareness of what what the products is not just you know how how to buy and sell and how to make money.
0: I mm, appreciate that mate uh, but I think a couple episodes ago uh, F.I. Panda talked about how football is forever and if you miss a weekend of Uh, trading or fi it's not the end of the day because there's always going to be another opportunity and that's something that I always thought about and knew but when he said it 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 resonated with me a lot more than um, it had in the past and I think exactly what you've said as well a lot of people that come from the outside in or even when they're just starting on the platform think have I missed the boat and I'm not sure it's the right way to look at about it because um, there is there's not necessarily a boat so to speak it's a bit hard to explain to people isn't it it's how do you explain to someone that this is a thing that could take over traditional gambling?
1: I think when you see, when you first see on it, obviously there's a lot of information out there. So, you know, for example, you see on a, on, on Twitter that someone's got a thousand to Pogba and they've got them at one pound 53 and you think, you know, that's an absolute fortune. I wish I'd, I wish I'd, I wish I'd got in at that price. But, but then, you know, if I take Pogba as an example, you know, I've only been on there since August and um, kind of, I wouldn't say I dipped my toe in the water. I kind of I did in the first few weeks, but I went in quite quick. I went in quite quickly um, on it, and that was a much, as much about the product rather than um, you know the just the betting side or or making money side of it um, on its own. Um, but you know that's Puck has gone up since. Well, obviously he he dipped and and went uh, went back up again. But you know he went down to eleven pounds and now he's up to twenty almost twenty two pounds. So, in, you know, in sort of three or four months, he's he's, he's doubled, and he's obviously an expensive player. So, that, like you say, there's there's always going to be an an opportunity and um, something. Obviously, fo- football changes. You know, in three years' time, who knows who's going to be the the you know the top player who's going to emerge, all that kind of thing. So, I think there's there's always going to be chances. I suppose the only difference um, will be maybe in three years. Obviously, at the moment, you've got a lot of growth coming from new money to come into it. So that's. That's 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 almost a way of getting capital appreciation just by the fact that you've got numbers and volume coming into the into the market, which is going to be a driver um, at, in the you know the next sort of year or two. I would have thought.
0: Yeah, that's that's certainly true. I think a lot of people are betting on the product as much as they are trying to trade in and out of players, which is totally fine. Uh, by by investing in or or betting on uh, some of the higher cap or just generally people on uh football index but do you want to give a bit more background about yourself like what you've done in the past or is that too sensitive
1: no 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 that's 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 fine yeah i mean i've 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 not got a particularly um i'm not a trader as such i mean I've, i've i've dabbled in stock market um investments um i you know i've worked i worked um i've worked for the banks in various guises um not so much in trading but i've take i've always taken a kind of interest in the the stock market. Maybe that's my age thing, you know, when they started doing all the private privatizations years and years ago. Um, you know, even sort of then I mean, I made made a little bit of money then doing that. So it kind of gets you it gets you interested. So I've got that kind of that interest in the stock market. Um, although I never kind of, you know, went into it and traded um all the time on it. Um through my through my job there was there was various, you know, bits of um you you were you were aware of the financial markets, that kind of thing. Um as far as betting is concerned, I've, um, I've had sort of good and bad experiences. I've never been heavy in it in terms of a lot of money. Um, pro- probably, you know, I've done the accumulators and you, you win one and then, you know, you don't win one for another six months. Um, tended to do more of the last few years. I've tended to do quite a lot of the season bets. Um, and I've used that as paying for, used that, used um, those as a way of paying for my season ticket for the um for, you know, going West Ham and things like that. So I suppose it—they're it, all little, all those little bits and pieces. Kind of, you can take things from that that feed into FI. So, for example, obviously the betting side of things will um it, obviously they're lot long, more longer-term bets rather than just a weekly bet in terms of therefore the season. So on top score on a finishing position. So that mentality helps. um But yeah, I've kind of just had a bit, and obviously you know, I've got I've been doing um, FPL. Uh, for a number of years, so I've always been sort of drawn into that, done the mini leagues and kind of set that up and get that going at people uh, for, for money for, from um, people at work, and usually do okay in that. So that it kind of gives you it gives you that interest, I suppose, and and looking at various different elements um, of of football, but obviously it's very Premier League centric. Um, I don't. Think, I mean, sports in West Ham, you don't really take a lot of interest as much as maybe someone I don't know like Man United Liverpool or those you know the top six teams who are going to be in Europe so I think that's I um, that's, wouldn't say it's been a challenge but it's been an interesting kind of journey to, to start learning more about some of the other leagues and the uh, other other non-big teams in the in, you know in, in the PB leagues I don't know if that um, answers things for you
0: Yeah no it definitely does and I think it's quite interesting to think about that I, I being an Arsenal fan Obviously, we've been in Europe, either in the Champions League or Europa League for the last however many years. We've always encountered teams and opposition that maybe someone who supports a, a lesser club wouldn't have. And I I mean, for me, growing up, I had, you know, um, friends that supported uh, Juventus, Bayern, Milan, uh, Madrid, Barcelona, um so it was quite like it was quite a strange experience that uh especially some of my family uh, who live abroad um cousins and whatnot supporting various teams so i kind of since since the beginning uh have taken a a shine to to probably foreign leagues but moving on from that slightly chris what, what would your advice to new traders be today like if you started today what would your strategy be um
1: i think from my own personal experience and obviously you you I suppose you obviously i look you know looking at the Premier League I didn't just go and buy a load of premier League players and that was all I brought which um people, you, people would think because I do the f p l but it did influence me so there's I, th- I think you have to look at the you have to look at the rules i mean when you i know people that play FPL b l don't look at the rules because you get those sorts of questions they don't know the the you know the basics um so i think you need to you need to have a look at that look at the scoring system um probably don't don't rush in um and it's the it's the it's the tips thing. I think everyone gets gets stung to a certain degree where they they see a player they've never heard of because someone's mentioning them and they're te- you, you're being told they're going to go up. You kind of think, oh, I don't want to miss out on that, and you kind of go along with it. Um, doesn't always uh, end end well. Can do, but it doesn't always. Um, but yeah, I think it's with the, the so if you're set, coming from say like FPL background, for example, don't just go and buy the players that are good in FPL because it might be completely different. Um, and also, I suppose the, um, looking at maybe players from your own club, um, you know, I did, I did that because they look cheap. you know, when I sort of look at someone and they're like 60 P and I think, well, oh, they're 60 they're P compared to someone who's like five or six pounds, but there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> so <laughs> but I think that, I think that's the, the, the main, the main things really. And, um, yeah, it's just, I, th- I think you've got to, got to find out how it all works as much as anything. Um, not just you know not don't don't kind of be led by other be led by other people and uh, if in doubt you know don't 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 invest
0: yeah actually in the Q&A that I just did uh, on YouTube uh, available right now if you guys want to see it uh, (laughs) a little plug I talked about how I asked myself certain questions before uh, buying a player but I think if you spend too long on that and you ask yourself too many granular questions then it starts becoming a a situation where you should probably leave it rather than take it if you're too uncertain or if you are 50 50 then go in with 50 percent of the force that you usually with only buy half the amount of futures that you usually would and take less risk because if you are very uncertain then it's usually a sign that this is a more risky bet
1: i think that's fair i think that when you i mean i've i've I suppose in the last couple of months, I've tried a few different things. But if I've been trying something, I've I've tried it with, you know, a, a relatively small summing compared to what I've got in my portfolio. Um, and some things have worked, some things haven't. And um, I know you've obviously talked about um, things like the market. You know, it might it might be that you're you've looked at someone, they've got a great set of fixtures, but if no one else is really looking at that information, or not enough people are looking at the information or it doesn't happen quickly enough, then you kind of, you can look at it and uh, and lose patience with it. Um, and equally, you know, you have to then make a decision. Do you keep them? Do you sell them? Do you take, you know, do you take a small loss at that point or do you persevere? Um, so you, you are right. You do go through a various sorts of, various sort of few steps to look at very, if I'm, I wouldn't say I'm unsure. There's certain things that okay, it's a piece of news. So you know, say for example, the Leicester players. You knew that there was going to be a bounce um, in their players by um, Brendan Rodgers coming in. So you don't need to do as much research on something like that because it's a fast-moving event. Where if you're looking at a player or someone you see a player mentioned, then you might want to look at their look at their PB and you, you go a little bit more into it. But I, I do agree with you. You you um, have to kind of take a view. And the, I think the more uncertain you are, then sometimes it doesn't hurt to put a little bit in and uh, and see how it goes. And like you, like we've said, if, I know he sort of probably repeats it, but if you miss that opportunity, there'll be another opportunity. Mm.
0: Just, just on that manager thing, Chris, did, did you find it strange that the likes of, you know, Fulham and Leicester players have risen because of a change of manager? I, I get it completely with United where... Their actual media buzz and performance buzz... potential has clearly changed. And even with Sarri and and Emery at the beginning of the season, you could speculate to more or less whether or not they'd become better or worse at MB or PB for whichever reason. You know, we've seen Mesut Ozil, the Unai Emery kind of divisiveness, which has actually led to a price increase, even though he's not playing well on the pitch. And then at the beginning of the season, players like Hazard, or still Hazard to some extent, uh, Rudiger, David Luiz, Marcus Alonso, all rising because they were... um, becoming more of a PB threat are we in danger because those two things happened or because of the Ole thing that every manager change is going to see a rise even if it's not logical I didn't really get the Fulham rises considering they're probably very likely to get relegated same with Leicester they're not really going to do much Brendan Rodgers I know has a certain style of possession football that he likes to implement but it's not actually too different to uh Puel's philosophy. And it I don't know, I just found it a bit strange that those players are rising, but now it becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Every manager that gets sacked or changed, those players are gonna rise in that team, especially if they're ones that are out of favour.
1: I think um the United one made sense and I think you can look at you could look you could probably um have picked sort of three or four United players, got on board, and they've risen and they've and they've held those rises. Um, obviously, Man United, if they have an upturn in in in, in result, it's going to be, you know, in the top six to start off with. They're media friendly, you know. You've got young players, you've got all those elements which which support it. You know, you've got Pogba is obviously media, you know, me, media buzz and always in the news. So you've got all these different things which which. uh, contribute to 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 the players and people looking at, at that team. I think the Leicester one made a little bit more more, more sense in a way. Um, on its own, just the manager um coming new, a new manager coming in. I don't think it's um you should go in just because you've got a new manager. I mean for me, I I looked at it maybe on a two or three month view um that Leicester have got some good fixtures coming up in the Premier League. Um, there's going to be a few weeks where a lot of teams haven't got fixtures in the Premier League, so maybe there's opportunities there. Um, probably come back to something that you said, you know, as well about if there's more focus. So if, I don't think they're on TV, so that was a little bit of a factor. But if there's if they get attention, like you say, it's a bit of a prophecy. The Fulham ones are a little bit strange, and you know, and I wouldn't go in on. I, I, I just picked a couple of players from 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 Leicester. I didn't. I, I wouldn't say any of the Leicester players are all good picks because they're not. Um, the Fulham one is, is a bit is a bit odd. I think people just go in very early before they actually know any news that like, okay ranieri has been sex, sacked so I better get in there quick. Um if it had been Allardyce, maybe a couple of their players would have been more 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 appealing. Um you know you would have seen a lot more long balls so so headed uh, you know players that are going to score from set pieces or headed goals would look appealing but it's it's got a very short term element to it and but I suppose theres is there that is that is in that is part of FI now as well, isn't it? It's part not and parcel just the long of the market, game.
0: isn't it? Part and parcel of the market, isn't it? But um yeah. We we also got a lot of questions, Chris, so we probably should move on. Yeah, but before okay. we get onto them, I'm gonna do my old plug um, Why not? <laughs> if you want to head over to the youtube channel as i just mentioned just uploaded the uh, second episode of the q a really enjoying doing those. so uh, thank you very much for everyone who asked a question uh, in that one i talked about kind of missing the boat um, and a, a few other things like how i value players which uh, was quite interesting and I, you know what i've been doing them off the cuff as well i don't even look at the questions don't prepare any answers i just kind of record Read the questions and then I answer them, so it's uh, quite unfiltered. Uh, if you want to head over to the Football Index blog, which is on Medium, that's where me FI Trader and F- FI uh, LM, who's Liam, write fortnightly all about Football Index, of course. And I actually just did a, an interview Q and A with um, Football Index Trader, which is really good. That's available on my podcast site, which is just uh, Football Index podcast fireside if you search that if you want to hear my voice talk about football and not football index head over to the state of play podcast that's available on all your favorite podcast apps that's myself and Matt Santangelo who lives over in New Jersey we talk about all the top five European leagues and uh, the MLS I'm pretty sure we've done a few episodes which are kind of like top 10 players to watch out for in 2019 I think with uh, Miguel Almiron's success so far in the Premier League we're going to kind of kind of try and do a top five gems to find in uh, in the MLS, which might be interesting in the future. If you want to collaborate or subscri- uh, subscribe, sponsor, sponsor the podcast, hit me up on uh, football.index.guide at gmail.com. And if you do want to subscribe to the podcast, please do so. Um, it really helps us out. And if you want to leave a review, that's even better please do so there's 101 reviews now on the podcast uh, apple podcast app alone so that's amazing on with the questions uh, i think you've answered this one but lee football index sodd are you now more of an uh, fpl or index addict i would,
1: I would say the the index stuff, definitely i mean i still obviously I still have that interest in um, uh fpl but I mean, the way i looked at it was if I, if um, my internet went down and i couldn't access um access which one would I be most bothered about? So I suppose that kind of answers my question. You know, the index side of things is a uh, it's quite it's quite addictive, and it's it's but it's, it's it is fun at the same time.
0: Mm, mm. I, I do think there's like people talk about you know addiction very lightly. If you're addicted to something, you almost feel guilty when you're kind of doing it right but i don't think anyone who spends a lot of time on football index and um, i think i've i've been uh, i've been on record saying that i spend most of my time you know on a commute or on the loo which is uh, prime time for me
1: on, yeah on, on no, 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 i have, I have uh, quite a long commute so that, that, that does help
0: <laughs> yeah. a lot yeah yeah i mean I'm, i take a 20 minute bus 25 minute bus every morning and that's kind of enough for me um and then, uh, you know, you feel guilty if you're, you've you kind of got an addiction to some extent. Oh, so no. I I know, like, you know, we're, we're kind of getting on the dangerous territory here in mental health, but I, I don't think that uh, Football Index is uh, something that, you know, gets... It, it makes people enjoy football way more uh, when they're watching those foreign leagues, especially when they have no affinity to them. Uh, the, the next question is from Stanford. Stanford the Lion is uh, obviously a very vocal man in the Football Index Twitter community. Do you find the FI rules as logical as the FPL rules? And if not, what do you think can be done to the product to make it more intuitive and appeal to the FPL audience further? So obviously here, Chris, it was a while until the FPL community really started to take notice of Football Index, right?
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's quite a um I suppose it's it's a quite a big community, the the FPL community and you've obviously got people that maybe don't bet in that community, so they're not they're not going to be interested, but you've got Obviously, you've got five about, I think five six million people worldwide. You you must have at least I would say a million and a half, two million of those in the UK. So a, a substantial amount of those are going to bet on football. Um, I don't really know why. I, I, maybe it's advertising, but I think that's getting that's getting a lot out there now. And I think the talk sport, the sorts of areas where people who are interested in football are going to see it. So the sky sports, um, as I say, talk sport, things like that is obviously going to raise awareness. So that's a good that's a good thing. Um I, th- I think the rules and the scoring system is is a little bit um strange and different. Um I didn't find it too bad, and I think the reason why was because I didn't just the last couple of years. I've not just done FPL, so I've, I've played Sky, I've played the Telegraph, and they've got different scoring systems. So maybe that having that um, that that thought process or mentality of looking at the and looking and appreciating that it, it's a different scoring system. Um, but I do think that, yeah, there is an element of logic and and um, anomaly in um, how they in how they do it. And how they actually do do the scoring. I think the biggest thing, and I know it's been mentioned on a couple of podcasts, is the um the game winning goal. Um it's such a big influence um in percentage terms of the scoring. You know, if you look at the actual a goal is worth 40 points in FI, um, and then you're given the same number of points for the game winning goal. Um so I did actually have a look at um F, the FPL one I knew roughly what it was but just to get the exact figures but you've got some you've got some differences so it's not quite apples with apples but you'd say so a full you get a diff, you get different scores for positions in the bonus point system but just the game winning goal game winning goal on its own is only worth three points in um in FPL so it doesn't have as much influence as um in the scoring as it does on FI um
0: and usually players score between you know twenty five and forty bonus points. So that game winning goal could attribute to you know at at best over ten percent, and at worst uh, you know eight percent or so.
1: So I mean you could have a situation where you get a defender who concedes a goal, game winning goal, and an attacker who who scores two goals. But isn't the game-winning goal and the, and the defender gets star player and it's kind of it's, that, it's those sorts of things where people look at it and think well, that doesn't seem right, does it? Mm.
0: I, I I do. Uh, it, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because the more I think about the scoring matrix uh, and the rules that the Stamford's alluded to, um, the more it. <sighs> But I, th- I think it's so hard to say without any kind of data uh, without anyone someone modelling uh, if you made any iterations to the Matrix if you modelled it what would it look like at the end of the season if you did it a hundred times over that's something for someone else to do because uh, that's nothing that my brain can compute uh but we had a a question from franklin franklin mary which is going to lead us into our data section actually fpl addict Uh, what are your views on the scoring of the fpl bonus point system compared to fy's pb matrix does it more accurately reflect real world ability so we've kind of talked a bit about the actual kind of percentage uh weighting of the game winning goal in each system but do you think it more accurately reflects real world ability like when you go and look at the top uh, BPS or bonus point scorers in FPL. Does it look more logical to you than FI's people? FI's top uh, scorers.
1: It's yeah. There is a there is a big difference. I mean, I, I, um, the the index gain um, lads pulled off some data because I was interested. So, so I, I basically got them to look at what was um, the top uh, BPS point scorers. So obviously from the the in FPL and the, in the bonus point system you get awarded three to one point depending on um, where you finished. So, you know, the top, the top player in that, um, I can't think of who it was off the top of my head actually, but um, you get, you get, so ha- the top 10 is you've got Hazard, you've got Kane, you've got Aguero, you've got Aubameyang, you've got Robertson at Liverpool, you've got Jimenez at Wolves, those sorts of players, they're obviously all doing well. Their clubs are doing well at certain times, so that's why they've they've done well, but you wouldn't, with all of those, you wouldn't necessarily see them scoring very well um, on the um, FI um, uh, matrix when they're watching a game. I think the difference, and I think this is where you have to take things with a pinch of salt, is that when you look at the FPL bonus system, it's based on a game by game basis. So you're only you're only, so you would have say 10, 10 games. In each of those games, someone's going to win in the, in the um, win a win the bonus. Um, in in each each of the games, where obviously FI is based across all, all all of the leagues and all of the games on that day, so there is a little bit of a there is a little bit of a difference, and that's and that possibly makes it harder, um, in some way, to um, to get that scoring system. The other thing is is that that FPL bonus system and the the, the whole point system is not something which has been in place for a year it's you know fpl has been around for something like 10 years or so so and it has changed you know it didn't it didn't hasn't always been the same they've changed their rating and things um changing nfi is a bit of a bigger um a bigger task because if you make too big a change it could really influence the market and people you know rightly say. So, people would get quite upset if uh suddenly all of their players that they thought were valuable suddenly started crashing because they've changed the rules drastically
0: Hmm. I think it's uh, it's a really tough one, isn't it? Because I, I'm just looking at the players that you've just singled out there. Hazard, Kane, Aguero, Bamiang, Robertson, Jimenez. These are guys that I'd expect to be in and around the kind of um, team of the season uh, awards at the end of the Premier League season, right? These are the types of players that are going to be put forward. I wonder... If Fi created a team of the season from a PB scoring standpoint in in uh, the Premier League, how it would match up to? Um the actual team of the season that gets put out and then the FPL team of the season, how much variance would there be? And we need to remember, though, at the end of the day, Chris, that FPL has been around for, what, 10, 12, 13 years? Yeah, at, FI, least at least 10 years. Yeah. FI in PB terms has been over uh, around for 18 months. There is scope for change. I, I'm i a firm believer that the matrix we have right now is not going to be the matrix we have in two years. Um, if all goes well and Football Index is still the force that it is, if it can be improved, it should be improved. Um, whether or not that's adding things on in terms of layering on other uh, attributes that can be um, that can be point scoring things or functions on football index as a matrix, uh, I'm not sure. But it, I, I do think there's if there's scope for improvement. Then it should be improved, and I think the FI should probably take on as much board uh, on board as much kind of um, feedback from the football index community about what they think, uh, about what, what, what their they their thoughts are on the on the scoring matrix. Uh, do, do you kind of agree with those sorts of thoughts? Or yeah, I think so. Segment? I think it's
1: something that's um, like you say. It's the the PB matrix has been there for um, he said eighteen months. So it's not. It's it's it, and it's it's not. I, as far as I know I've not been on there as um, as long as that but I'd imagine it hasn't changed at all in that in that time it's, it's it is what it is at the start and and that and that's how it is now um so it's definitely got room for improvement and and change um would be needed um the problem that you you get you you kind of cre- you can solve one problem and create another but if you look at say FPL um, I think the the whole point system has been a little bit over-romanticized um because in FBL you get what you call like the template template team where everyone gravitates towards the same the same players. You couldn't really have that in FI. You need some you need some random element, um, especially being a you know, essentially a betting product. If everyone's gonna go for the same twenty or thirty players, then you're gonna have a very sort of a very segregated market and it, it almost makes those other um hundreds or thousands of players less much less valuable and um how's that going to appeal to to new people coming into the market
0: i totally agree but it's kind of let, let's I, I think we need a bit of patience but there is going to come a point i think in the future where you know if mb isn't opened up to the squad and if it doesn't suddenly take in the the bundesliga and the a news feeds we kind of have to look at it and say is fi going to become a mainstream product and a worldwide product or is it going to be a localized niche product i don't think either things are you know i don't think it being a localized niche product is a bad thing it's just maybe not fulfilling its greater potential and there might be some bumps in the road for people who have set portfolios like myself or yourself chris but it's about the overarching nature of the actual platform and where it can go in the world and i don't think for example football index can succeed in say germany if uh it's a you know premier league centric mb system and i don't think it's going to appeal to as big an audience if the pb matrix isn't iterated with all that being said there is the caveat that it is only 18 months here so people who i think are overly critical of it and that might be me as well We are only we have only been here for 18 months and Football Index have been on record saying that if there is scope to improve things, they will improve them. So I'd be really I'm going to be really interested to see what happens between now and say Christmas in terms of this, whether or not things are mass changed or iterated bit by bit i think uh whatever happens it's going to be for the better and that's what i think football index the football index community should get together and get behind and and, and going forward see it as a, a positive improvement for the product but chris you actually asked for some more data from the index game guys so do you yeah. want to do you want to talk to um, you about?
1: yeah i was just interested because you get um you know you, you see things you hear things um and i asked for some um <clears throat> data on the the various leagues obviously the five main leagues uh on media buzz and performance buzz to see what sort of percentages um bore out i mean you you obviously hear that that, that the premier league is the best for media buzz um so it was interesting to see that came out something like 70 percent of the um media buzz winners have, have been in the premier league and then you know you're looking at 11 percent for la liga 11 percent for Serie, A. um and then quite surprising actually was um the Bundesliga being very low down at one point four nine percent, so obviously not very good for MB. But you're I suppose it's, it's you're probably looking at the you know La Liga and um Sevilla. You're looking at sort of two or three players, you know, the likes of Messi, the likes of Ronaldo, uh, Neymar in League One, which was four four and a half percent. So that's interesting, just to kind of see that in in black and white, and that you know that's kind of proof proof of that of of that piece of information. But the the size of it, seventy percent, was um, was quite surprising. Um, and also, I got them to look at the the PB side of things, just to see where that split of PB wins comes from across the the leagues. And it was actually quite it, it was yeah you know, it wasn't a big it wasn't a big split one way or the other. I mean, the Bundesliga came out at nineteen and a half, the Premier League twenty two and a half, the League at twenty one and a half, um, Le- League One just under uh, just over nineteen percent, and then Serie A fourteen percent. So there is quite quite a, quite a um, Quite an even split, apart from Syria, where it's a little bit, a little bit lower. Um, so it's 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 pause for thought. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know at this stage how I use it, but you know, it's in, it'd be interesting to to understand why Syria is not not as good for PB as yeah. Um, and I
0: think we talked offline that um, the Bundesliga was actually bottom of the league in in this kind of table last season. Uh, they didn't have as much uh, as good a PB performance. So that's probably because of the rise of um, Dortmund and maybe Kimmich's dominance in in playing, you know, central midfield as a right back and then also performing well as a right back and uh, so on and so forth. Um, but one question I've got for you what would your prediction be of that kind of media buzz being 70% Premier League orientated or oriented? What would that go down to, do you reckon, if. Um, if MB was opened up to all uh, to all countries,
1: um, I suppose it's difficult how they'd how they do it. I was thinking about it. I mean, uh, well, obviously the stat was seventy percent, wasn't it, for the for the media buzz? So the Premier League is very dominant. Um, I think the issue they've got is how how much do the other countries make in terms of the overall makeup of the people on the index? Obviously, at the moment it's low because they haven't really marketed that, which they've said themselves. Um, it and it's it's things it, it's a case of another case of they you can solve one problem but create another um it definitely definitely have a detrimental effect on if they didn't regionalize it for example so that you have then then you would still have the makeup of the the premier league being quite quite dominant in in you know in the uk um but then it would give you that advantage Um, which I think you've talked about before in Germany and Spain and those places, because like you say, if if it's just Premier League players winning that and the likes of Ronaldo and Messi and, or, or, You know, uh, I don't know Mbappe and people like that. Um, just the top, the top players in the world. It doesn't hold much interest, and it's almost like, well, it's just, a, it's just basically an English, English product. It's
0: just related to Premier League. Um, the but almost, is, almost think look at, looking at how much you know Vinicius is in the papers now that he's Real Madrid's main man. A lot of the reason he's that price is because he is now one of Real Madrid's focal points at that team. Astoundingly, so at eighteen years of age if media buzz was globalized then it would add value to those um players who perhaps aren't great for pb but uh, are actually making a big impact on their teams it i I do think it just has to become a globalized product product um and we, we forget that the premier league is the most talked about league in the world right um you know the North London derby yesterday would have been talked about uh, across the world or in many, many pa- papers. So uh, I almost think that although the dominance would be far lower, I'm thinking more like forty percent rather than the seventy. It would still be the league, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think you'd get. I mean, the likes that when you look at the the key um, media buzz players that are that are in the Premier League, um, you know, you look at the likes of Pogba um Salah. It's the Champions League teams. Obviously you've got like like hazard because of uh, you know a, a a big name player who's maybe got transfer links and all you know whatever other issues are going on in the club. So one of the teams from the top six is predominantly is predominantly them, although Man City don't tend to get media buzz, do they as a team? Um for some strange reason, even though they've won the league a few times, but that's another story. But but you get but, but I suppose Man United and Liverpool are still going to be popular. Um, they're not not going to suddenly not be written about in the UK press. That's like you say the Premier League gets written about. Um, it's a worldwide product, so it's not going to be a massive massive drop up, drop off. And the key players aren't going to massively drop drop off. The only thing you might have is um, if you've got you know players from you know the the, the mid table clubs. Um, you know the likes of West Ham, whoever Newcastle, Leicester, are they really going to get media buzz um, very often if the if the product's globalised? When you say globalised, because I know it's been talked about on other pods as well um, about like a regionalised version, but I, I, I don't mm. think that works. as I d- well. I don't see how that no. works.
0: Yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't. I don't get why. I think it again one it adds to the l- another layer of complexity where someone from Germany and someone from the u k don't really play under the same rules i don't I don't really get why that would work the whole it would kind of also uh dissect and um Kind of compartmentalized communities. I, I if the index goes to a global level, I want to be able to interact with someone from Germany or someone from New Zealand and have and be playing under the same rules. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it would makes it would make so much more sense. Then you have to have a different onboarding process for every single region. That just doesn't make sense. Um, it, it it's not really how products are built. No, I, exactly.
1: I mean, you've got you've already got PB is is, is effectively globalized, isn't it across the five leagues? So all you're all you're doing is your you're bringing a bit more consistency into into that. Um I know people probably worry about oh no it's gonna make all the Premier League players less valuable. Um maybe the ones that don't win any P B and aren't in the news as much because they're not one of the top but then that's probably more that's probably more representative of of um you know a global or, or if you're looking at the five leagues, um the you know European football um because it's going to be other players from the big teams that get that that get the press whether that's UK press or whether that's Italian or Spanish press but yeah I I I think it would if you're going to appeal to those countries they've got people have got to see um Spanish players um potentially getting into to media buzz to to make that more appealing to them
0: yeah and I do think some of those publications do talk about the Premier League a lot the likes of Marco Lekiep um uh oh, what's the one from Jet Ge- build from Germany? Um, I'm trying to think of an Italian one. Calcio Mercato, like all these uh, yeah. all these papers, they do talk about the Premier League a lot. If you think about the Premier League, you've got Italian managers in Sarri, you've got Spanish managers in terms of Unai Emery, and, uh, Argentinian managers in Pochettino, uh, Olegono Solskjaer, like all these international managers makes it a lot more appealing for these international uh, papers to actually talk about the Premier League. And on top of that, there is a, a more multicultural element of it in terms of we have more international players in the Premier League like if you think about the best players in the Premier League it's Eden Hazard not really an English player so you know they're going to be talking about uh, those players from different countries wherever they may be on a in terms of a publication standpoint
1: yeah I mean if you get I don't know if you've got a Spanish player who's playing in the Premier League who suddenly then gets picked for the Spanish side he's going to get some more press but at the moment that's not going to be reflected, really, is it? Unless, unless he's some superstar, um, that's not going to really make you know make make any dent in the in the UK press whatsoever. So it may, it, I think it make it more interesting. I don't I don't think when you look at media buzz, it is it is really dominated by um, a very small number of players as well as a whole, um, unless you or if you get a very very big for a so i don't think those scenarios would suddenly change massively if you open it up on a global basis but it does make it more appealing like you say to those those countries otherwise what is the point in going to those countries
0: I, i do also think that again they might do it in stages but overall you want all papers included right you don't just want um germany's and spain's and italy's and frances you probably want a more global look on it you want um brazilian and portuguese papers because suddenly if you only open it up to the top five leagues or those countries then you're going to be like oh well why aren't these brazilian play pay, uh, players getting talked about because you know uh A global or whatever publication is talking about them (laughs) so i think there's again another risk where if you open it to those top five people are going to be like oh well great nice but it's actually not a globalized product you've just made it into those top five leagues uh all the countries that they're located in so for me i if i was going to do it i'd do it in two steps i'd go from what we are now to the top five leagues on a media standpoint and then make it global whether that happens or not i'm not too sure but i do think that um their plan in my head anyway is to kind of make a highly functioning localized product that spreads as much in the uk as possible and then kind of expand uh whether that happens you know in a year or three years i'm not too sure
1: yeah i think they would it makes sense to do it on the on the five pb leagues um and then you know maybe maybe i couldn't see it really being something they would look to, look to in the two or or a couple of years. I think the UK side, the UK market side of it would have to be quite mature for them to do it. Um, I'm not sure how it would really, really, really work though. If if I'm honest, if you opened it up to all these different, different countries, because then you'd have all these, these potentially players, they'll be players that played in the world cup. So people probably would have heard of them. It's not like you're going to get some nobody, but you're going to get players that aren't PB eligible, that are just MB eligible. And, I suppose it's, again. You, you, I think you you imagine these things to be a lot worse, but realistically, the, the main players are going to win P, uh, MB most of the time. It's just it just like you say, it just makes it more appealing as a product to um, to other countries, and it gives that perception that it is more of a global product. So it's definitely got its advantages and I, and I don't think the risks maybe are as bad as what you're as what, what when you first think
0: about it, what people's fears will be. I also think there's more publications in the UK, just as a whole. Like, I look at at kind of, you know, how many big ones there are in Spain or Italy, and it's just, there is a larger media presence here. Um, So whilst you're right in saying that there might be these random players who kind of get a bit of MB... I think it's always going to lean more onto the UK side of things, just because of the number of publications that are chosen here. And yet, they could choose as many, and and they could try and balance it up. But I think that you'd be getting a bit too granular, granular, sorry, and you'd be looking at publications that don't really have much sway or impact in the real world. Um, whereas here, you've got kind of all the big tabloids, and then a few sites like Goal.com uh, and ESPN. To be fair, who you know are American. Uh, if we're thinking about it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, that's um, true. I mean, to some extent, uh, F. have already lent on that to to a, to a small amount. But I think we should wrap up the data section here unless you've got anything else to, to add here, Chris?
1: No, no, I think that we've covered it uh, pretty well there.
0: Well, um, I, I we've got to obviously say a big thank you to uh, the guys at Index Game for providing this. I know it was... a. Uh, Dan, uh who who provided this data on his own because dca's on uh, on his travels on holiday i think he's somewhere very exotic so lucky him if you want to find uh, more data like that head over to indexgain.co.uk and you can use fig 2019 the code uh, at your checkout for 50 percent off your first month so that's a whole half price off your first month which is uh i think a pretty good deal and uh, obviously this is for new users only so if you're already subscribed to their premium package don't unsubscribe and then try and use my code because that would be very naughty uh, obviously index gain uh they've got a great community and then they have um buzzpot and then uh Pro. so uh, basically a big database uh for all your previous pb scores and mb scores uh buzzbot which is kind of a bot on slack the the community that they've created which is kind of a, a an app that allows people to just basically chat uh they've created a bot on there that um allows you to see specific players past scores past yields uh when they'll be back from injury all these all these amazing functions that they've created uh you, you use index game don't you chris
1: yeah i use it quite a lot i mean i didn't see I use it a lot on my phone, really. So I obviously use the BuzzBot and um, some of the the, the stuff they've done, really, in the last sort of few months is uh, just phenomenal, really. Um, You know, on on your phone, you've got so much access to information. Um, And then if you want – if you're really sort of analytical – you you know you've got you can do stuff off the the PC as well and or or iPad and get you know other data as well so it's it, i use it i think it's a it's a brilliant product it it pays for itself really in my opinion
0: mm. and uh that new function that they added recently the my Port, which is uh where you can add a player into kind of your own Portfolio in in kind of air quotes here on on Slack the bot and you can kind of track players that are in your portfolio. So if you've got a big portfolio and you want to know who's going up and down, that's a good function for you to have. But yeah. thanks for, thanks very much guys for that. They've added the, they add
1: the lists on as well, haven't they? They've added that my list. You can actually create like a watch list on it. Um, I mean, it's good it's good for relationships that that my port as well because then you can you don't have to kind of scan your whole portfolio now and take up so much time. So you can uh, you can appear to be a uh, spending you know more more quality time with your uh, your partner (laughs)
0: <laughs> they, uh, Yeah, that, that's a good point. Uh, more of your own life if you can just kind of track them. Uh, but but on with the next questions. Uh, Football Index Big Don, could you have a discussion about the new iOS app update and the double, triple, quadruple deposit saga? And FR's apparent lack of communication regarding the subject. Yes, it's negative, but relevant nonetheless. So, but we have to caveat this with uh, Football Index coming out and actually talking about it. Um, this was obviously, the question was obviously submitted before Football Index customer service. Service. the twitter account came out and said guys we know what's going on we're trying to fix it uh, just hold on for a second so what were your thoughts around this at the time chris and what are your thoughts now
1: um it's it's a shame in a way because you look at it and it's that's quite a that's quite a big one really and it's a bit of a a, a fail as it were really in terms of um obviously that type of error it's not it's not just a data or the app crashing and you having to log back in which i know because i use the android one but i do use the ipad ones uh, the ios one on the ipad sometimes um so yeah it's for for it to be in you to be in a situation where you put in um you know money and it's taken sort of two or three times is is quite a quite a big deal really um so i don't don't know how obviously how it happened i'm not sure obviously we'd be told but on the plus side, they did put at least they put something out and were you know saying that they were, um, they, were they were fixing it. There was there didn't seem to be as much negativity on on Twitter um, as quickly as as what maybe I've seen in the past. So maybe they you know maybe they're dealing it dealing with it in the right way um, or the be, or the best way that they can. I, I, to be fair, I think they do a good job, and I think um, I was speaking to Dan the other day, and he was saying that part of the problem they've had is from sort of knock on from January initially, they've had to obviously bring in a lot more people and train them up and, and things like that. And obviously that would have a would obviously be in the customer services as well. But this one's more of a technical issue. And um yeah, I think they'd probably have to look at how something like that could happen because it's quite it's, it's you know that if you put in a, a fair bit of money, that could be quite serious, couldn't it really, in the short term for people with bank accounts?
0: I think it's a problem because if I'm new to the platform and suddenly I'm like, okay, do you know that feeling you get when you're kind of unsure of trying something and you're like, fine, I'm gonna put twenty five quid in. Imagine if that suddenly turns into a hundred pounds. That panic is way worse than probably, you know, having a player that um that that drops in your portfolio, right? In my opinion anyway, that that would be a, a larger worry. I I think it's it's not great considering it's so close to to the share split. And it's not great considering there's so many new users recently, but I'm glad that they kind of finally came out and and said something about it. Would I have liked to see them do it earlier? Yes. Um, And and hopefully I know that they're testing the app as, um, as we speak, for sure. I know that as a fact. So um they are trying to fix it it's not like something they've looked and said okay let's put it at the bottom of the list i'm pretty sure that's probably you know at the top of their list in terms of trying to uh fix and and uh iterate the ios app
1: yeah yeah so i think it just it's that like you say it's 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 worrying from that um that aspect that someone new looking at it, it put it might put that element of doubt in their minds or it gives people a reason to you know say say overly negative things. And if you're someone that's considering it and you can see there's problems like
0: that, you think, well, oh, it's not, that doesn't sound very good um but, yeah but, and also the perception from for people from the outside in is that football index is quite dodgy and like isn't very legitimate so suddenly it's swallowing like quadruple the amount of money you're depositing you're like oh hang on what's going on here uh,
1: yeah it's true i think i think the only plus is is um if you can you can put it that way is that there didn't seem to be as much um twitter noise as um maybe as what there there has been on other on other issues so either people were, were happy that it got sorted out or things were getting sorted out in the background for people that it didn't kind of escalate into a, a, a massive sort of a football index um, beating, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly so. But I think uh, this is one that we just kind of have to wait and see what happens with because we're obviously just waiting on them to fix it, I guess. Uh, the next question is from Alex uh, Friel. Friel? I, um, why am I so bad with pronouncing <laughs> just kind of normal surnames i mean i've got quite a complicated name so i think i'm um i'm i'm just being uh you're you're overthinking it probably that's what it is yeah yeah, i'm probably overthinking it alex what how would you pronounce that alex
1: friel i'd say friel yeah friel because i think of the actual
0: i think of yeah (laughs) alex friel uh long time listener first time caller well i think we should do that one day i should just sit on it and um get people to call in i'll try and find out how I can do that uh do you think new users could potentially be put off the new platform by some of the bigger and louder investors being constantly negative on twitter
1: um i don't see that to uh, I would, I, would, I don't know it's a difficult question because i can see i see some things uh, I, I can see where people get that impression and if you're if you're sort of beaten down I suppose by something that you've said it can be a bit sort of uh, demoralizing um it I suppose it is a, there is a little bit of in, intimidation and I don't think that's intentional but I just think that at the end of the day you've got people that have been on there a long time um they've obviously seen the product grow they've got a lot of money invested they they probably know a lot of how it works as well and they in some ways they're trying to explain because you have, you have the, a lot of the hype and stuff like that, where something like that maybe isn't sustainable. So they're coming at it from a, a point of view that they're, they're, they're trying to help and educate people at the same time as well. Um, but yes, yeah, it, is, it, is it is a bit of a, a difficult... One. I don't think it necessarily puts off new users, but I think um, from a personal point of view, sometimes it makes you feel less inclined to comment on something because you feel... Um, I don't know less educated as, as if that's the right the right words um but that's just a bit of a mindset thing and I think something that you you the longer that you're on there for the um you know that kind of goes away to some degree I mean you're going to have a lot of opinions and Twitter's the um certainly the place for opinions isn't it
0: yeah um for me I think that all Older users and new users have a kind of responsibility or not responsibility it's in their vested interest to help new users out so for like I get your intimidation point, but at the same time for me as someone who's who's been here since you know user two thousand, which is kind of around where I was now we have three hundred thousand along that whole way it's been in my interest to help people who come on the platform why because it means there's more people on the platform and it means that more money comes into the platform, so it's you know it's for my benefit so it's like i don't understand anyone who kind of says uh look these older traders or big traders whatever you might call them are intentionally putting people off because why would they do that it would literally be you know against their own interests from a monetary standpoint to do so uh so for me, there is some negativity, but I, I think people really underestimate how much football index look at Twitter, right? And it is their only kind of connection with traders at the moment, apart from trader meet. So how else can you voice your opinions? Because if you send them into an email, on an email, and they just get kind of lost with the tech team or the customer support team, they kind of go into a black hole. If you put something on Twitter, that's a lot more sticky. That probably gets a lot more conversation. It can get weight. Way- behind it from other investors and other uh uh, you know punters it kind of makes more sense if i have an issue and i really want it to be voiced like the kind of deposit issue i want that changed right that that's a big problem and i think it's not negative that's kind of something like saying like uh look you guys need to sort this out. And I I hate it when people compare it to bookies like, oh, you know, would you ever have a go at Bet365 for doing X and Y? Well, you know what? Bet365's business model is completely different. In Football Index's business model, it completely relies on customer deposits and customer trust, right? So in essence, it kind of makes it feel like everyone owns a bit of Football Index because of how uh, Football Index you know uh not funded but how they ha- have capital or how they um kind of use the money that we deposit and and you uh, and uh kind of uh spend on players it's one of those things where if you actually look at the way the business model is is pitched we we obviously do have a right to kind of say, look, I don't like this or I'm not sure about this or this is just wrong or, you know, and they're all opinions. But people really need to stop comparing it to, you know, your Bet365s and BetVictors because this is a totally different business model. And with that creates a totally different customer a base and a completely different customer to company relationship dynamic
1: i think with some of the some of the comments from some of the older traders i mean we're, all, we're human and i think when you type things out some, sometimes people can pick up on finds a fence in something um obviously people can i don't know don't get on with another person they're talking all sorts of things. But I think in general, the way that I see a lot of it is it's more about the older traders kind of saying about the logic. The logic of certain things doesn't make sense. Doesn't mean that it's not happening. and doesn't mean that they're not investing in certain things themselves. But they're just I think it's a lot of it's around the dividend stuff and the types of players that are rising and the, the irrational nature of some of those races. Yeah, it is, it's true what they're saying um obviously it's a fact that they are rising and that people are making money off it um but i think they're just i think it's more just awareness and they don't like you say there's no interest in them beating people down and and things like that it's more a case of be careful they don't want people you know losing money and thinking well that's rubbish I'm, and i'm taking my money out because i've lost i've lost x a number of pounds now because it's not it's not working for me i don't think it's good
0: yeah I, th- I i just do think it's it's the currently the best way to uh voice an opinion so uh, I, I i like it's it's an interesting one and i do think that people can see uh you know one person's negativity is another person's constructivity if that makes sense you know there's people who think they're being constructive and others will look at it and say oh it's negative but I I really do hate the comparison to to uh, bet 365 like come on let's be real um it, it's not the same thing yeah, you all. wouldn't
1: you wouldn't have um you wouldn't have a well, I don't know what the right word would be a punter's meat or something like that would you, you When you wouldn't meet the people behind the the, the the company in the way that you do the football index um you wouldn't have that interaction um it's a lot it's a much more interactive um product and and, and obviously companies that I, th- I think they do it they do it they, you know they do do a good job they do do a good job on that and that's obviously been key to them um growing their success and you just wouldn't get that with a with a betting company with a traditional betting company you know it's you get that we want to beat the bookie mentality, don't you? Well, I don't think people go into it wanting to beat football index as, as such because you, you don't need to beat them.
0: No, no, you want to grow with them. And, and look, people keep talking about football index taking over gambling. Well, the only way you truly disrupt an industry is by creating a completely different uh, business model where your relationship with customers is completely different. So... Yeah, again, let's just stop the comparisons to, you know, would we criticize Bet365? I'm pretty sure I'd criticize Bet365 if they were taking quadruple times the amount of money that they would actually deposited. Um, But again, you know, people need to stop comparing business models because they're not not the same thing. Uh, Next question is from Jam. And then he's got a little strawberry emoji. Uh, lots of talk about some of the FI prices not reflecting real life. Should more be done for goalkeepers considering last summer's seventy-two million uh Kepa deal and sixty-five million Allison transfers? Currently none or near the top two hundred and rarely win PB, if ever.
1: It's that old goalkeeper question, isn't it, really? I mean, do they need to create maybe a separate um a separate category? Um I know obviously we talked a little bit. FPL in the past, obviously they do have that, but not all of the games do, the the, the fantasy type games. So would that would that maybe would that maybe do that? And then with again that obviously you've only got you've got much less goalkeepers than you have defenders. Obviously you've got three to five defenders per game. You're only gonna have one goal goal goalkeeper per game. So is it gonna be very dominated by a few a few a few players? But um I suppose goalkeepers have won a little bit, but yeah, they don't. They don't win much, and there isn't as much interest. But then it creates another little bit of a. I think the goals and assists dealt with that a little bit because. Um, I mean, I've done a little bit of an experiment, not a lot, of money, but you you can you can do okay if you get a good batch of fixtures um, over a Thursday period. You can get goal, uh from goals and assists, but you've not really got much in terms of capital appreciation on 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 those players.
0: I guess for me, I I try and maybe reward those things that are very unlikely to happen a bit more, and then I'd look at the kind of passes thing. When a when a goalkeeper uh, pings a goal kick out, it's usually an unsuccessful pass if it doesn't reach one of their teammates, which is seems a bit I don't know not un- not unfair, but because it happens so often, yeah, maybe. maybe. It, on, sorry. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: There may be what they can do is they have got some set of slightly different scoring um, categories for the goalkeepers. So I think off the top of my head, some probably sh- maybe show I think they get forty for a clean sheet rather than twenty-five. Yeah. 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 Um, so you've already got a little bit of that already. So in that, in from what you've just said, you could maybe take, you could remove that that minus points um, goalkeepers. But then I suppose it's difficult because where do you differentiate them between passing and then a goal, a goal kick? It all gets
0: very complex, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: I mean, I suppose if it's all in up to stats, it's just what stats they draw out. So there probably is a way to do it. I'm sure. And that, that would have a a positive effect. Maybe they, they wouldn't win it as much, but maybe they'd win PB more than they do at the moment.
0: I don't think they should be a very, very focused, like focused or focal point of football index, but (sighs) and I don't know what the solution is but if you could make it so that they are slightly more likely to be able to win PB what I really dislike as well is when people post pictures of keepers winning pb on a single day or something like that and just being like oh yeah so all this moaning about keepers stop it because they can win it's like well yeah obviously they can win on a on a single day <laughs> yeah but, um they've not really got much of a chance on a triple day it's uh and I, again transfer fees do they have to reflect uh actual quality is kepper worth 72 million not sure allison is he worth 65 million probably more so but again i don't think the transfer fee so to speak, should play into Fi's thinking? Not
1: really. I mean, that's that's, that's just borne about by the money that's going into to, to football. I mean, the transfer fees have just gone up astronomically. So haven't they? And they their transfer fees in themselves are are illogical. But it's the money that's coming into the game. really. I mean, when you're paying seventy seventy million for a, a goalkeeper that's um, theoretically inferior to um, say Allison, then that doesn't make sense, does it? But it happens all the time. It's just supply and demand, really
0: yeah yeah they were desperate so they had to do it but um yeah that's an interesting one i do i guess with that on the fee side that they are more likely to win media buzz when that happens right so yeah it's i don't know i don't know what football index could do to make it so they don't water down defenders point uh time uh chances of winning and while upping the chance of goalkeepers winning, uh, but even if they did that, I don't think they do it too excessively. Uh, next question from Football Index Rush. We've got obviously a, a few questions here about your, you know, your FPL history comparisons uh, with FPL and FI. I play Telegraph Fancy Football and use my fixer research for FI goals and assists dividends, and wondered if you adopted a similar approach or look for long-term holds at the start of the season. Also, as you're a Premier League and Hammers addict, is this reflected in your portfolio?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. That covers quite a lot of points. And um, so sort of obviously start with with one of them. I do use the fixtures a lot. I think because when you're doing the FPL, you're kind of looking at um, batches of fixtures, like favourable fixtures, less favourable fixtures. Um, You know, you're looking for six weeks in advance. Um, I wouldn't say that that comes into play overall on my fi i use it um and but then i probably have different elements of players that i will have long term i won't i won't just do a one size fits all because um there's trends and there's different things going on at different times in the market but i think it adds a bit of interest to have a bit of short-termism um but there is there is long-term um players in my portfolio which i'll i'll you know i'll sit i'll sit on and probably have no um intention of selling unless something massively changes in their situation or the club situation or something like that. Um as for um the West Ham side, I must admit when I first joined, yeah, I did buy a few players and then um when I when I realized how football index works, I, I sort of quickly sold a few. Um but not luckily not at a loss. That so wasn't you know wasn't serious. It it has its advantages and disadvantages. I mean I think because I do the 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 football um the FPL side of things and I take obviously quite a clean interest in West Ham. Sometimes it can it can be an advantage um, if you know you hear you hear some rumours or you hear things and you maybe a bit more fact to it than just than just a rumour and you can get on early. Um, so it has it has that benefit. But then I think on the on the negative side, I think you can maybe hold on too long sometimes because you you um, over overemphasise in your own mind the benefit of it because you think of how it's going to affect your your team and it might well have a positive impact but is anyone else outside of West Ham really that interested if they were a top um four team or top six team um which may one day may one day happen who knows um it might be different but I think it's yeah it it doesn't it, it realistically I don't think um you'll make a lot out of out out of that situation but you can you can use it I think if I think what you've got to do is you've got to use the things um that um to your advantage so for example if you're playing a fantasy game and you're you're able to use elements of that that are useful NFI, then 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 use them but don't just take it as gospel that everything that you do in game is going to translate into football index
0: yeah I think um Obviously, it has its advantages because you kind of find those players that are that are earlier. Like, you find those players earlier than, than later, rather. Um, you know, being a Spurs fan, Arsenal fan, whatever fan you may be. But it also means that you obviously have a bias and it obviously means that you struggle to stay objective. Even if you try your best and look at every statistical element you can... You're gonna be slightly biased to the team you support because it's you know just an emotional thing. But it's it's interesting what you've said there about the, um, the on the fixture side. And we've obviously got a few more questions that are FPL related. Uh, who nicked the assist from the uh, who got the assist podcast, which is actually where we first met. Um, at their their drinks, their Christmas drinks. Uh, so Nick has a question: How have you found your experience football index and FPL when it comes to player price increases? Have you found any co- correlation, and does it help? you when making your fi trades. so obviously on fpl players can get more or less valuable as well as uh, football index even though the money isn't real so why don't you give us a bit more insight into this side
1: um i suppose in in um fpl it's it's part of the game that maybe has become not as influential as it once was maybe sort of three or four years ago but that's something that i always used as um certainly earlier on as a tactic in um in fpl was the was the player prices rises where you can, you know, you essentially players can increase in value because people are buying them, um, and that can increase your overall budget. So when it comes to the end of the season, that can be an advantage. Um, it has some some bearing with um, FI in terms of, I suppose, it's just that 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 idea of of player prices being variable. Um, I don't know. There's there's always a direct correlation because I think it's different with. FPL because people it's it's not so much that um, what you're doing it's more everyone else FI. So if people in football index aren't following the same thought processes or the same things and they're not looking at the same types of players, because I don't know, say for example, a mid-table teams has got um, got some games when other other players haven't in in the Premier League, that might not have as much bearing in 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 FI to people because they're not really looking at it to that to that granular level. Um so I think it's a I think it's more um more around just the 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 thought the thought idea or why players' prices might rise. Um it can sometimes maybe maybe get you to look at a couple of a couple of um a couple of different players that you wouldn't look at. But I tend to then go on and look at other other factors like well, okay, what is their PB scores like? You know, have they got any single game day fixtures? Um the only thing I've sort of probably looked at recently was where you've got um obviously in the FPL you've got because of the FA Cup, you've got some weeks where there's not many Premier League games. So that could be a little bit of an advance. That's a kind of more of a short shorter term trading strategy where, you know, you're looking at sort of maybe a, a four to six week periods where people are then suddenly going to realise that oh, so and so's there's only five Premier League games and they, they buy into those players as a result. Um, So I think things like that can certainly help because you're already looking at that information.
0: Yeah, and I think that on FPL as well, you're kind of forced slightly to, especially if you're chasing someone in a league or whatever, you're forced to find players that no one else owns, which is obviously a really useful thing on Football Index as well. If you find someone that not a lot of people own that means they're probably quite cheap and if you think they're going to perform in the next few fixtures or few weeks then that could be a big payoff in the short term
1: yeah i think the other thing you've got to remember as well is that i mean for me obviously fpl is it's it's a competitive game in a way you're competing against either people in your own money uh, mini league for for money or for fun you're competing in the Um, the overall game where with FI you're not really you're not competing with anyone are you you're you know you're only it's about how you can benefit and you're you're not seek you're not necessarily seeking to gain an advantage over someone else in the same way obviously you're you're seeking to gain an advantage by getting in early um, so that that comparison does does hold I think Um, but it's just it's not it's not got there's well for me I don't see why there would be any competitive nature in um, football index
0: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, obviously, overarching point, I think, is there's the money side and the non-money side. To motivate yourself to do the research for FPL, I find a a bit tougher because there isn't as much on the line apart from my pride, right? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Next question. Plus, plus you've got
1: people like Who's Got the Assist to, uh, um, you know, do those stat analysis for us us, us lazy
0: people. Yeah, exactly. But I have listened to, you know, the Who's Got the Assist podcast and been like, I'm going to take a look into him on FI. So uh, there are obviously a lot of synergies. And I think Nick, especially out of the two blokes, um, really does enjoy FI. We do we have some chats quite often. Uh, next question is from Craig Peterson. What kicks you harder in the balls? A player on your bench scoring 15 points on FPL and a player in your team coming on for a five-minute stroll for one point to keep said player on the bench. So Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think, for him last week. Or selling a player that goes on to win PB and rise significantly on FI?
1: Um, I touched on it a little bit, but I think, um yeah, it's definitely a harder kick in the balls on f p l um and the reason i I say that is that with f p l it's it's a competitive thing, and i probably am a competitive person, so it kind of annoys you, you're frustrated, you might have lost ground, all that kind of thing um there's not much you can really do about it, obviously, you have to move on from it, you know, life goes on, all that kind of stuff, but with football index, you it's something you can think okay it does it does annoy you and you you are you wish you wish waited or you wish you'd done something different but you know there's always going to be another opportunity um and it's you know you're for everyone that you've you've lost hopefully you've you've you know in the in the long run you've won more and you're not always going to get out at the, at the optimum time not everyone can get out at the top someone
0: said to me the other day only one person get out the top
1: which is um
0: which is interesting right
1: Yep. That's, that's true. Yeah, it's a good philosophy. I suppose. <laughs> it's a good way of uh, kind of rationalizing it to yourself. It is frustrating. It, it, you know, if you sell, if you sell too early and then the player carries on flying up, then uh, um, yeah, but it's just, you just have to, I think it comes down to what you, what people have touched on psychology and things about um, where you get like professional gamblers, which um, I'm by no means one, I, I, I assure you, but those sort of people have a different mindset where they kind of, they accept that loss or they accept that situation and then, and then just move on. And it's a, Kind of a bit more, bit more cold about it, which is probably you know the better way to be. Uh,
0: we've got another question here from Charlie Harley one five seven. Uh, it's quite similar to one that you've already glossed over, but I'll ask it anyway. To what extent is your strategy for buying and selling players on FI correlated to the strategy used for buying and selling players on FPL, especially with goals and assist dividends recently being introduced? So here, I think, why don't you touch on you know on FPL where you know sometimes your 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 hand is forced because a player is rising in the similar way to you know when you're trying to accumulate a player on fi or you want to buy them or you're kind of looking at this player and suddenly they start getting a lot of buys because they have a good performance and it forces your hand to buy there and then do you see those kind of synergies
1: um i i do see some um i think it's again it's slightly different mentality um obviously on the fpl one you've got a limited pool of players that um and if everyone's going in on, on on that player, like you say, if the players rising, your hand is forced to maybe on the timing of that transfer. Um, because obviously their player you're gonna anyway, or you need to get that player and their price is going up, so you have to do it at a certain time, which might not be the optimum time. Um I think it definitely has a correlation in terms of the goals and assists, but I think it's more about how you look at it depends how you play FPL. If you're planning it and looking at four to six four to six week fixture blocks then yeah there's a direct link with goals and assist um i don't think it makes me buy anyone more so on fi because just because their price is rising um i think i'll try i I wouldn't say i'm successful but i would try and look at it and think is there is there much room for their price to rise more or have i have i missed that opportunity
0: yeah i think that it goes it goes back to that point right no one can get at the top but also you have to look at that current price rather than oh they've risen a lot i should sell if they've gone up a lot you still have to look at that current price and what they are at now and try and determine whether or not the downside is greater than the upside or if the upside is worth keeping
1: yeah well i sometimes look at it is that if i'm buying on a short-term basis um sometimes you're going to win sometimes you're going to lose but the other the other. I suppose it's a, diff, a slightly different way of looking at it, but is maybe what would happen? Would I be happy um keeping that player if they went down a little bit, or would I? Would, you know, some some of them I would sell at that loss, and some of them I think, well, okay, well, if 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 it doesn't work out, and it's just about probabilities, is there a probability that that something's going to happen which is going to make their price increase? Um If there is, then okay, you take a chance on it. If if the if um that probability doesn't happen, their price might not rise, but you still might think, actually, that player's still worth holding. So there's different factors that come into play, I suppose, as long as... I think lots of people have touched on it. You've you've mentioned it as well, but it's all about having a reason to own that player.
0: Mm. Yeah, like, you have to know exactly why you've bought a player I don't think there's there's this issue where people buy just because a player is rising which I think is quite dangerous and can obviously lead you to getting burnt so I guess above all it's looking at kind of the upside versus the downside whenever you want to buy or sell a player Right. Uh, any other business here, Chris? Uh, do you want to do you want to speak a bit about the share split and potential dividend increase? Considering we're only, uh, what are we now? It's the it's recording on Sunday, third of March, and this will go out today. So we're only yeah, fifteen not, days not away not from this, the announcement.
1: Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. What's going to happen? They've more or less said, um, well, basic have said that dividends were increasing. Um, I think maybe there's a overemphasis on how much they're going to end increase and you know it's human nature isn't it everyone then gets a little bit carried away But speculating and and things like that on what on what that's going to be um i don't i don't know how they're how they're going to do it it obviously depends a lot on how they what what they split by everyone seems to think it's going to be a four-way split but um but but who who knows um and i believe they're not going to, they, they, well, they didn't want to do decimals, but I, if they do like a five way split, I don't know how they're going to get away from, from doing decimals.
0: Uh, it was weird. Like at the trader meet, it was between four and six. That was kind of the overall consensus from everyone. I wonder if they're kind of waiting as long as they can to see what the prices are like nearer to that point but i i just i i think it would be 4 just because there's precedent for that and you know um it wouldn't actually make that much of a difference 5 and 6 it's you know i think they they're just the semantics just... at this point
1: look on those on 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 those things really when if they if they split by 4 5 and 6 you know what, and obviously they they've got a they've already got that idea they've done the modeling um I, I think that whatever increases at this at the initial stage will probably be incremental. Um, maybe they'll do more at the end of the season. If they threw in big changes on on, on dividends as well, it'd be a lot of information for people cons- to consume. And I think um, people get people look at the first, you know, they look at the headline, and the market starts running away with that, and then people realise, and they, I think it create a lot of volatility. So. I don't, I don't think there'll be much change in the dividends um at, at that stage it might just be some some rounding up and some slight slight little tweaks on it um at this stage when they do the share split but I think it's I mean, I'm looking. I just want it to happen now really it seems to have you know been seems to been waiting for uh, seemingly ever so and I think the market's kind of just treading water um I know it's gone down a bit but it's 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 really um just until until people know what the uh what the situation is
0: do you think do you think it's been treading water I mean we, we've seen a lot of big rises and obviously we can't consistent, consistently see massive rises but I still do think we've seen huge rises I mean Jonathan Tarr has gone from 180 to 290 and, or 280 whatever he is right now in the last uh, 10 days so is it actually a fact that we are treading water and people are waiting but there, like maybe people are holding back and have a big cash balance but there yeah, is I mean, still a lot I of think, money around i guess
1: i don't think there's as much that um, i think it's
0: more the uncertainty that you're, you're trying to get out right yeah
1: there's the, i think there's less um discriminant rises i mean in january it was if, if you know if everything was everything was going up which isn't really realistic or sustainable um and there's been i suppose it has plateaued out in february anyway you're going to get some drop-offs on on players in that time but you are people are still sitting um I just think some people have some people's portfolios have grown some have lost have lost where in January most people would have been sitting on um you know fairly fairly healthy healthy gains um in percentage terms um but that's just the market I don't think there's anything wrong in it and I don't think you know I don't I'm not I'm not worried about it in any shape or form
0: I, yeah I, i'm not worried either uh, i think any changes will be for the better um and i think we'll, we'll end on that positive note though chris uh if people want to find out more about you where can they find you on twitter etc
1: um yeah i'm on there and i've um it was fpl addicts at one two three but i've actually changed it to fi underscore fpl addicts one oh, two three wow. Yeah, so i took, took the plunge so yeah <laughs> so probably up, upset some and uh or whatever, But um, yeah, so I'm on there. I'm usually um, doing, you know, I'm on to, to a fair bit with the FPL, but I do sort of obviously look at the FI stuff and sort of comment on that as well.
0: Um, nice. So yeah. So officially officially a convert now.
1: Officially, yeah. It's uh, no
0: going back now. <laughs> Good stuff. And you can obviously find me at Fi Guide underscore. Obviously my uh, 2019 goal is to find and uh, hunt down the Fi Guide. Uh, handle um which will be great fun or uh, great when i do finally get it which uh hopefully it happens some point 2019 that's one of my goals uh if you want to uh subscribe and leave a review that would be most welcome if you're on your commute i hope this has made it whiz by uh and if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing scrubbing a toilet uh looking after a horse on a long drive which i guess is a commute but if it's not to work uh or, or just doing whatever you're doing i hope you enjoy your day
1: Okay, well, thanks for happiness.